Welcome back to another episode of Baxter's Buzz. I am your host, Baxter E. Hall. Thank you for joining me. Welcome to my brain. Welcome to my frequency. Enter at your own risk. Uh, today, I have a special guest and a friend of mine, um, the founder of Rights for Refugees, Dominique Golden. Hello, Dominique. How are you? Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for today. Well, welcome. I'm excited to have you. It's been a long time coming. So uh, you are the founder of Rights for Refugees. Uh, tell me what 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 the what it stands for and and what what some of the, the great work you guys are doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, the the mission really behind Rights for Refugees is Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We believe that, you know, supporting people from the ground up is the best way to get them to empowerment. And we found that when disaster strikes, having access to basic hygiene items helps in that recovery process during that trauma. So uh, what we do is we actually started by providing full-size hygiene items to refugees um, here in Michigan. Michigan is one of the highest senior refugee populations um, within the U.S. And um, from there, we've just been growing and um, learning more about that community and how to serve them. Yeah. What? What? Where did the idea come from? Like that's that's such a like a noble thing, and and it, it makes so much sense. Um, but tell me where the idea originated. <laughs> No, thank you. Uh, so the idea really was something that was very unexpected. Um, I did not start off having this idea of supporting this community. Um, around um, right after I graduated college, I went. I finished my last um, semester of college abroad, and when I did that, I had an advisor that was trying to convince me to go abroad for like two semesters. And I kept telling her, no, why do I, I don't need to do this. So finally I said, okay. And during my last semester, I went to Rome. This was around 2014, I believe. And I got there, I had did all this research and about where I was gonna go, who I, I was gonna see. And um, you know, when you look up things about Italy, you're seeing museums that you need to go to and restaurants, right? Culture, food. Right. So I had all those type of things on my list. And once I actually got there, I saw people like living on the street, fending for themselves. Mm. Oh, like, this is not the Italy that I looked up. What is going on right now? And um, I reached out to my advisor to ask her what was going on. And she recommended that I volunteer at a refugee camp. So um, I later found out those individuals were refugees. Um, they were able to seek asylum at the time in Europe of all places in Italy because um, Rome was one of the only places that had an open treaty for them to come over. Wow. Um, many other places during that time or countries were not allowing individuals to come in. So this was at the height of the refugee crisis. And, or excuse me, this was before the height of it that, that you didn't see it on CNN every day. Um, because there was a point in about 2015, 2016, you turn on the TV, you saw um, refugees and asylum seekers, immigrants trying to seek some type of safety. Uh, so during that time, it was a very humbling experience because 
um, you're not going into the refugee camp as yourself. It's almost like uh, you're revealing your true self because you, you don't have makeup, your hair isn't done, right? You're just showing up to serve. So it was humbling in the sense where it, it kind of wiped away all the crap that we, the armor, we feel like we have to put on in society. Right. right? And, and you just showed up as yourself and you were able to really receive and, and, and focus and being a, in a servant type of mindset um, versus receiving. So um, I, I was educated about what was going on. And long story short, I found that the hygiene items they were receiving were strictly donation-based. So Monday, you could have soap um, and maybe a toothbrush, no toothpaste. Wednesday, you may get toothpaste. And so I, I was like, well, I can't believe that, you know, as a world that there's individuals that don't have access to the basic items they need to function. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, from there, I, I really just wanted to do more. And um, I had already signed a contract to work in corporate America. So I moved to Dallas. And um, it just was something that was biting on me every day. So that was kind of the backstory of why I felt like I wanted to do something or start something that I felt mattered. Yeah, and um, Michigan, I mean, why, I mean, over the years, as you've done more research and learned more about the, the sort of the refugee community, why is it such a large refugee population here in Michigan? Yeah, yeah. Well Airborne actually um, is uh, one of the cities outside, you know, of Detroit. I don't know if you may have listeners um, out of state, but um, just historically, um, Access D Dearborn is one of the, uh, I believe, the number one Arab American um, nonprofit organization that supports um, Arab Americans. Okay. So historically, they've been in Michigan for over 50 years. So I think over time, when these communities migrated here, they, they formed their own larger subsets of communities and cities. And so that community has just been here for generations to come. And I think they formed a pipeline to places like Afghanistan, Iraq, Syria, where many of those communities have been able to come over and start a new life here. So mm. I think it's more so just historically, just like um, from our you know, community, we found shelter up north and migrated you know, from the south. I think it was right. just similar to, to that mindset. Yeah, yeah. My, um, the people on my, on my mom's side, they're uh, from Mississippi and that's kind of what happened. My uh, great grandma's house was like the house, right? And so yeah. people would come from Mississippi, uh, stay there, kind of get on their feet, right? Find a job and then sort of get their own place. And, and then the, the next family member would, would sort of come up, right? And yeah, once you start hearing, okay, this is the place to go. And here's kind of, here's the, the playbook. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you said, you start to develop that pipeline without even really knowing. Right, yeah, yeah, grandma was, she was a, or great grandma was a bridge, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we are, we are, you know, kind of coming from the South, right? There was that, uh, there had to be someone or, you know, a set of people that would kind of make it 
comfortable and, and, and say, okay, here's how you do this. Here's, you know, here's the lay of the land. Here's who's hiring, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, you, you, um, the conversation that we've had just offline, mm-hmm. you've used this term and I've been hearing it more often and I, I love it. And, it, but I, I would like you to define it for me mm-hmm. um, or give me your definition of it, at least um, social entrepreneurship. Yes. I love yeah. Yeah. Well, there are many, many definitions out there. The um, so it's not just one particular uh, definition that we all go by universally. But what I can say is that um, how I define it is really marry, marrying business um, and social work and using business acumen to combat social challenges. Mm-hmm. That's my definition. Um, and it can be pretty tough to dissect. So I always give a few examples of what social entrepreneurship looks like. And that could be for Tom's shoes. Uh, for every shoe you purchase, a shoe is given to someone in need. There is some controversy with that model um, because at times when you're trying to support a community, you can go in with a volunteerism type of mindset mm. versus reaching out to that community and understanding exactly what they need. So that's kind of a little backstory and controversy with that. Um, one, one example of social entrepreneurship that I really love is Warby Parker. So I actually am wearing Warby Parker glasses. And uh, for a long time, I used to just be I will go into America's Best or whatever, and I will just purchase glasses. And I think as I've gotten older and understanding what's important to me, being socially conscious is a huge part of my life. And it's like, I want to embody that as much as I can. So with Warby Parker, for every purchase you make, they do develop glasses for um, kids in need, someone who may not be able to afford, you know, glasses or eye exams. So at least I know my purchase is going toward something to help somebody. Yeah, yeah. Um, you you mentioned a couple of different examples, but talk about what you're doing. Oh yes, yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> um, so we we talked about uh, yeah Europe and find, being the founder of Rights of Refugees. So um, what I do is. Um, we actually provide access to full-size hygiene items for resettled refugees. And so typically what that would just look like, I just brought a box. And this is with our new logo, so I'll explain that a bit. But, um, you know, typically this is something I think um, a lot of communities have been doing over years. But um, one thing I think that really makes us different is that we actually provide full-size items. Um, typically toiletry items um, are what's given when we want to donate and it's kind of like what's left over and what we want to do is we actually we it's really important to us that we bridge the the gap between this vulnerable community we're serving and ourselves where hey if I use Colgate toothpaste you can too it shouldn't be I'm gonna just give you the scraps that I have and yeah I'm doing my part so um this is just a, an example of our partner with United Way. So um, 
what we do is with these full size items, you know, we provide things like here. Oops. Yeah. But you know, these are these are name brand items from like right. our Procter and Gambles and things like that. But um, for like our ladies boxes, we know um, through research, ladies go through about twenty one sanitary napkins per cycle. So everything we do is coming from at least a monthly basis to okay. get you through a month and. Um, we initially piloted programs through uh, Freedom House, who is a, um, a, a home for asylum seekers, immigrants, and resettled refugees here in Michigan. So uh, that allows them to go through um, a process of uh, obtaining work permits and staying in a safe place. And um, with United Way, we had the fortune of working with, uh, we partner with them and we always put like a little card just saying, hey, you're appreciated and valued. We hope this box helps you through this difficult time. Something like that to get yeah. Um, But yeah, so we just have all these name, name brand items, really toothbrush, toothpaste. Um, so yeah, we started this off with Resettle Refugees, um, went through the pilot program for three months. We made sure we uh, supply, they had about um, a little under 50 residents. So at that time we provided 50 boxes each month and we were able to receive direct feedback from their clinical social workers. And um, we had to protect their identity. So when we dropped off boxes, we would take pictures, but not include faces. Um, but that kind of goes back to the volunteerism type of mentality I spoke about earlier. Um, if, if we would just continue to go in and do what we thought worked, we wouldn't have been able to provide feedback like um, to really understand what we needed to adjust. So, yeah. you know, that's one thing there. Like for example, the lotion, we were working with a brand name lotion before and our feedback from the uh, Freedom House was like, hey, they need something a bit thicker. Mm. So then we went the route of a more Vaseline based lotion, but you know, it's just things like that. You right. Know? Like, of course, you know, we may love those, but, or, yeah, that was the brand. Yeah, we may love that, but that community that we were supporting needed something better, so we changed that. Um, yeah. And from there, I think um, I tried my best once I left my corporate job and started my master's program to try to every pitch program in the city that I could possibly get into, and luckily I was able to meet different mentors and other people along the way. And they, you know, made suggestions or I was at the right place at the right time, just really being blessed. And, you know, we were able to acquire partnerships to help us along the way. Yeah, that's awesome. Awesome work. And so you guys have a, a new logo uh, and there's like a special meaning behind it. Uh, tell us the story of, around that and kind of how it's leading into some other other uh, visions for for the company yeah wow no thank you for bringing that up so uh let's see right before COVID we hosted um three different corporate events and um once COVID hit we had a few products left over and um I noticed with the senior community they were homebound um and they depended on churches or other local organizations for um, hygiene and food resources. So um, 
I don't know about you, but I felt I felt a bit hopeless at first when COVID started, um, where I I think I'm a helper just by nature. And I was like, man, what can you know, what can I do? And and I realized through these extra supplies, I could be able to provide these items to these communities that were in need and they couldn't live the house at the time, especially being seniors who are part of the most vulnerable community. So um, I reached out to different churches and organizations and senior buildings. And I put together a list of 25 individuals who were considered the most vulnerable um, through their like property managers or church parishioners. And I just went out and started delivering uh, boxes and during time, yeah, I mean, I, I just, it made me feel better that I could do something, I guess. Um, so I took a few pictures and I put it online. And from there, people were like, oh, Dominique, can we, can I help out? Can I purchase a few boxes for my grandparents? I can't visit them. Um, or so-and-so at my church needs some boxes. Can you provide this? So from there, I just showed the impact online and um, I ended up uh, applying for um, to a partnership with uh, United Way and connecting with the United Way team. And um, it's just been a, a huge blessing. And I think it's also, at least for me, been encouragement to know that you don't always have to wait to start something because, you know, it's not within the plan that you see right now. So um, I ended up changing our logo. We still have rights for refugees, but I, I created like an umbrella um, called the Kind Court. And what that is, is an umbrella company where we can support refugees, um, homebound seniors, and then we also can support veterans experiencing homelessness. So those were the three communities um, that we supported during COVID and we were able to expand by you know, supporting veterans experiencing homelessness and homebound seniors. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, again, just, it's, yeah, just sometimes you feel, sometimes you just need to just do, right? To just, sometimes we'll, we'll overthink things and yeah. it's like, we kind of talk ourselves out of, out of things. So kudos for you to just, to just yeah. start kind of putting things into action, right? Um, as we wrap, um, I want to ask you about um, these non-traditional, like entrepreneurs like yourself, mm -hmm. and um, how how you can sort of utilize resources, like in in the community, and specifically like in the the community of of Detroit to sort of launch, develop, and and, and grow your business. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I'll just share a few um, resources that have helped me along the way. Um, first, I think especially being a social worker, I always say you cannot meet a social worker without hearing about an organization or idea that they have. It's just that many times we may lack the tools and resources to get us to the launch stage. So uh, specifically in Detroit, first and foremost, um, if you're at Wayne State, um, I'm on the social entrepreneurship committee there, and we actually founded a program where we partner with the Build Institute that's a microfinance enterprise in Detroit. Mm. Um, if they're a nonprofit at this time, but 
They support aspiring and established entrepreneurs with tools, resources, and support communities to thrive. So I've worked there, phenomenal organization. They will, um, you'll come out of there with a business plan. You can take a program called um, Build Impact, which is a bridge between business and community. Mm. And that will help you think through internal revenue streams for you to provide um, impact for the community. Um, for example, I was just uh, a judge for pitch competitions for a program called Optimize Wayne yesterday. And one of the organizations, Auntie Nays, they plant gardens around the city and they were seeking funding. And one of my suggestions was, why don't you plant gardens and you can pitch it to a corporation and say, hey, we can name this community garden after Ford Motor Company or Quicken Loans. Yeah. And through this impact, you'll be helping um, X amount of individuals receive food, fresh food in a food desert. Mm. You know, so that's just an idea to pitch. So I think many times we just don't know that the current programs that we have, we can actually pair that some way by monetizing it, pair it, you know, um, whatever the impact is, pair it to a dollar amount. So yeah. that's one. Um, Build Institute. Optimize Wayne is available for students um, at Wayne State. They raise about $75,000 each year um, in funding. That was the very first, first program I was funded through, six-month program where you're paired with mentors and uh, you pitch for funding at the end. They have that at Michigan State and U of M as well. Um, Michigan Women Forward, really great program. Um, I went through their pitch competition. They have accelerator programs from launch, sustain, and growth. So it's for anyone. And we also have the Social Entrepreneurship Conference for um, professionals in Detroit. We were thinking about doing it virtually this year, but um, we held off on that. But there's also resources like the Stanford Social Innovation Review that um, is a quarterly magazine that you can sign up for. And they always have suggestions in the back. So we talk about resources. This happens, <laughs> this is a really great book. This just happens to be by here, but this is um, measuring social change. And so many times what we're doing, we've been doing this for so long and we automatically go into nonprofit work when, no, we just need to think of ways to effectively monetize the programs so we can, you know, last for over a longer period of time. So I think just constantly being a learner and trying to understand how you can grow is, is huge. So um, those are, um, oh, Tech Town is great. Sorry, they're always in my head. <laughs> Tech Town is a really great resource. And then also... Um, Detroit Demo Day, which is a very large pitch competition, is it is it's amazing opportunity to get to know who are a lot of movers and shakers in um, in business in Detroit and be in that ecosystem and learn. Like I just found out about all these things that it was literally because I was determined if I quit my job that I was gonna figure this out. Yeah, so, yeah. I tried a lot of stuff. Well, it sounds like, and I and I know like. Yeah, you have a heart for something, right? There's something sort of pulling you to do a, a certain type of work. And then 
you may have the heart for it, but you may not have the business acumen, right? So connecting with those different resources, having those mentors, you can do good work without being a nonprofit. Um, right. It's just, you, you got to figure out how to make some money. You know, I just had a guest on recently and he's like, yeah, we're a for-profit. You know, we want to do, we want to do good. You know, um, he, he said, we want to do, you know, while we do well, we want to do good, right? So yeah. the more money that we can make, um, the more that we can give back, right? And the more good that we can do and, and, and impact the community. Mm-hmm. But um, it doesn't have to be one or the other. And I think that um, yeah. you, you don't have to either just make all the money or give away all the money, right? There can be a, a, an opportunity to combine both um, yeah. with, with, with proper partnerships, education, mentors, et cetera, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm I'm so happy you brought that up because he could be someone that has a barber shop and he maybe he employs formerly formerly incarcerated individuals. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so I always tell people too, like impact looks different for everyone, you know, mm-hmm. as long as you're doing your part. Yeah, yeah. Um where can people find you? Where can people learn more about? uh the company and and if they want to give volunteer and all that good stuff how do how do they reach you yeah no thank you for asking that so um you can always reach me on um online social media handles all at dominique golden um especially through linkedin pretty active um i also host the failing forward series every friday on clubhouse where we chat with founders innovators and entrepreneurs around the city and more um, about their failing forward stories. And with Rights for Refugees, you can always um, volunteer and learn more about us on www.rightsforrefugees.com. Um, as we're expanding now, spending this time in COVID to restructure, we'll have a website at a later time for the Kind Court. Um, but Rights for Refugees is always active and you can purchase boxes here. Uh, we do monthly drop-offs with boxes as well. Um, and yeah, that's how you could find us. Cool, cool. Well, first of all, um, just I applaud you. And you know, when we first talked about the things you're doing, I'm like, I want to help. Like, tell me what I could do. Um, you know, that offer still stands. And I'm just so excited, even from the first time that we met, or the first time we talked about the business piece. It hasn't been that long ago. I mean, you you're just making all these strides. And um, I just want to salute you and I wanted to tell you to keep up the good work. Thank you. I appreciate you so much. And thank you for the opportunity again. You know, I definitely don't take it for granted, you know, just having the opportunity to, to share this space. So, and thank you for chatting with other folks like me. Like this is, this is really neat. So I love it. Well, I just, you know, the conversations that I like to have sort of off air, and with the with us with people are the same ones I want to have on here. So, any platform I ever have, it's yours. Oh, all thank right. you. Um, and thank you all for checking us out. Um, wherever you're looking at this, hearing this, uh, please like, subscribe, share. Um, I appreciate the continued support, and looking forward to to uh, connecting with you guys again here soon. Um, but until next time, peace. Bye, guys.